What's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I'm Jay Thomas, and this week we are going to talk about the brand new movie, Lisa Frankenstein. Are you hot burning me? Lisa! Does he have more of a basketball bod or a football bod? He doesn't play sports. I tend to his grave. I talked to him. I wish I was with you. That's really weird, Lisa. You hear that? I'm sure it's the girl next door. She's very odd. Hmm. Your hand? I can't believe you're here. Do you like music? I have the cure. Ooh. Oh, not that kind of cure. They can't make you better. I mean, they can, but like emotionally. Okay. No, don't cry. <gasps> Your tears smell so bad. Send it back. You need a friend. No? I love it. It's not really my style. Lisa looks good. She could probably even do pageants if she had congeniality. Your daughter is a little psycho. I owe my glorious home to an ungrateful little. I want to help you, but Taffy says it's a waste of time to try and fix a boy. It's better just accept a guy's flaws. That's so cute. I have an idea. There are bad people out there. Come on, Lisa. It'll feel good. That hand is going to do terrible things. You are being admitted. Impatient. Lockdown. I could get the clink for life or the electric chair, but I don't want to die a virgin. You know anything about the disappearance of a student? I'm not making any more comments. You can talk to my lawyer. Really hope this goth phase ends soon. And uh, Sean is actually in the room with me. We're doing this together live. It's pretty fun. In studio for the first time ever. I'm excited. I'm uh, excited. I'm nervous. Kind of nervous. Im- impromptu going to the movie uh, out of nowhere. And I thought this looked fun. It was the new movie. From director Zelda Williams, who's Robin Williams' uh, daughter. Didn't even know she was... I didn't know she did stuff like this. I didn't know she was in in the industry at all. I didn't either. Uh, Written by Diablo Cody, who did Juno and uh, Jennifer's Body. Oh, yeah, Young Adult and Tully. Neither of those... Oh, for the movie she did. I really wanted to... I didn't really have any interest in seeing those for some reason. But I don't know. There was something about this movie. When I saw the trailer, I thought it looked uh, fun. That it looked like a kind of a throwback... Sort of like My Boyfriend's Back, which is, where I, you know I love that movie. You like it as well. I do. I thought it would be similar to that, and it takes place in the 80s. And I will say, as far as the way that it looks, I felt like it was 1989 in that movie. Like, mm-hmm. it looked so much like the end of the 80s going into the 90s. It had kind of a Heather's feel to it. It did. I loved, I loved the hair. I loved all the makeup. I loved the style, the colors. It really felt like it was 
1989 and not overdoing it. And like a lot of times when I watch movies now, I'm like, oh, these kids are dressing up in costumes and acting yeah. like they're in the 80s. And this just felt a little more real to me for some reason. It seemed really, really authentic, didn't it? It did. It really like hooked me in there. I was like, I remember these things. Yeah, and I like and I liked that. And I liked Catherine Newton in it. She plays Lisa Lisa Swallows, which I thought was. I'm glad they didn't lean into that joke that I'm sure that there may have been at some point. But you were mentioning since we got in the theater, uh, it was a PG-13. I was and, surprised by that, and I got more surprised as the movie went on. Yeah. But they did. They let that Lisa, that Lisa Swallow joke hang out there, and I was fine with that. So if you don't know much about this movie, which judging by the fact that it's not doing overly well this first weekend and we were the only person people in the theater, uh, it's a coming-of-rage love story, as they say, <laughs> about a teenager and her crush who happens to be a corpse after a set of horrific circumstances bring them brings him back to life. The two embark on a journey to find love, happiness, and a few missing body parts. I would say that's a little bit of a misleading, a little bit, in the movie. Uh, I don't want to get into it too much. I don't know. There might be a spoiler section at some point because there's some things I definitely wanted to talk to you about. But mm-hmm. um, overall, what did you think? I liked it a great deal. I liked it more. I liked that I didn't know a lot about going about it going Same. into it. Yeah. And I just kind of let it develop and let the, the story take its beats. I mean, you can kind of see them coming at times. Mm-hmm. But there was nothing wrong with that. I thought it was a... A fun take, like you said, a my boyfriend's back or a Jennifer's body type of type of film. Yeah, and uh, this, and they've said that this uh, takes place in the same universe as the movie Jennifer's Body. And I said before we went in, like I don't think that's gonna have anything to do with the movie, and I don't think it really does. I don't know if there's re- it's been forever since I've seen that, uh, but I love Jennifer's Body and I like Juno. So it's like there's something about Diablo Cody. She's one of those people that I guess I I want to like mm-hmm. her more than I think I end up actually liking her stuff <laughs> but i did like jennifer's body i did like juno but like i said the other ones i think i maybe saw young adult but i don't know uh, zelda williams as far as the director i really liked the way the movie looked a lot i thought the style was was neat definitely i think there's definitely some tim burton influences i think this will be the next like hot topic cult classic definitely from from the, those type of movies but i was a bit more mixed on it than you were i kind of thought the the tone of it was sort of all over the place and some of the people were playing it much bigger than some of the other people. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, like Carla Gugino's character, she plays like the stepmom of, of Catherine Newton, which she plays campy really, really well. I've noticed that since I think like Watchmen, she was always really big. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell if like she knows that that's what she's supposed to be doing or if she's just kind of a big actress. She she plays roles pitch perfect for yeah. for what she's cast in. Like she definitely had the domineering kind of sneering like the stepmother yeah. character. Yeah, she she took that trope and she ran with it pretty well and was convincing. I, I liked her a lot and I I didn't like her because I wasn't supposed to. So it's it was good. I thought she fit. Like she seemed like the kind of mom that you'd see in a 80s movie of that time and the dad, which I said I didn't know who it was. But he seemed absolutely pitch perfect as uh, the dad that you'd see in a teen horror movie from back in the day. And then you reminded me of what he's in. Stranger Things. Yeah, he's the dad from Stranger Things. Playing they, the exact same dad. Exactly the, the exact same. same. C- clueless, just everything. There, <laughs> eating his grape nuts, enjoying you know being a dad. I don't know. There's just like, I don't know what it was about it. But sometimes I was like, I really like where this is going. And I really like kind of the campiness of it. But then I didn't think everybody was kind of on the same page of how they were playing the movie and it definitely felt like i really felt like cole sprouse who plays the the creature the beast the monster whatever you want to call him frankenstein i guess who is much more of a zombie than a frankenstein but it, i sure. get where the movie goes how it became more frankensteinish mm-hmm. but uh he definitely seemed like he was johnny depp in that movie <laughs> 
You think so? That's that. I felt like well, because there's a little Edward Scissorhands. For I you. felt a very Edward Scissorhands vibe in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, their house is like super pink, and just how stylized it was, like in their specific house. Sure, it really reminded me of it. And like the first scene where he shows up after coming out of the grave, kind of out of nowhere. Like we don't really see him do that, which I thought was weird. Yeah, because uh, that seems like a like a staple of these kind of movies. The emergence, yeah, yeah. Come, the rebirth from the ground, yeah. Um, but like that specifically reminded me of Edward Scissorhands, the scene where he first kind of meets the family and, um, or not the family, but Winona Ryder's character. Mm-hmm. Because I thought Catherine Newton played Lisa really well in that she reminded me of different 80s movies characters at different stages. Like at first I was like, oh, I'm getting a Winona, vi- Winona Ryder vibe from sort of Heather's, but then also like Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. And I sort of got a Shannon Doherty vibe from her, like towards the end when she gets a little bit rougher and yeah, the female, her hair gets more the female the female empowerment. She's yeah. she's coming out of her cocoon and she's a butterfly and she's a strong, powerful butterfly. And I really enjoy that. That it's kind of a Diablo Cody trademark, you know, mm-hmm. Jennifer's body going back to that, where this you know meek will inherit the earth kind of. Character. Yeah, I guess you're right. She, she took control really of her life, and uh, you know things happen. It gets messy, but she's not having any regrets. And and at Cole Sprouse, I really think he understood the assignment, though. Yeah, he did. I liked how he played it. Uh, he didn't have you know any any spoiler alert. Didn't have a lot of speaking parts in it, mm-hmm. and it added to it for me. In that same way, it added from like Johnny Depp's performances, where he's letting his uh, face, you know, reactions do it, and the little I think little that's why sounds he made. I think that's why I was very Edward Scissorhands about it. Like he kind of has that look, especially in the beginning. And there's this there's this weird moment where when he first comes like through the window of the house and he's sort of chasing her around trying to communicate with her and he can't speak. He's got a bunch of gunk on him. And then when like she actually starts to notice him, he's like sitting on the floor and I don't really know how he got from the outside of the house to then sitting calmly <laughs> on the living room floor. Trying to talk to a shoe phone. There's moments in this movie where I felt like we missed something. Like it was something was cut. Like a log like an actual scene was cut not like a logic. Yeah, leap, like, like something Something's missing that we should have seen. Like, Maybe. there's specifically something at the end, which I won't get to now. That I was like, "Oh, that's a leap that I don't remember them <laughs> leaning into at all." But yeah, there's some there's some fun stuff. I really liked uh, Liza. What did I say? Or is Soberano? Maybe I don't even know if that's right. Lisa. I don't. She plays Taffy, the stepsister of uh, Catherine, which I thought she was going to be like the popular <laughs> character, but she's really not. She's like she's nice, like... and she's like a nice stepsister, and I really liked her in this movie. Yeah, she's really like the outgoing you know the the, the shining light but mm-hmm. kind of you know she kind of puts she kind of puts lisa down a little bit in her in her own way like yeah insecurity more, more so than in the anything. beginning i think yeah i she wasn't like completely unlikable she was really charming yeah too. like the whole time i was like well this she really looks like popping off the screen like, mm-hmm. with her charm and i really liked and i was really expecting her to go bad and i think that's what i sort of put that on her when i was watching it where i didn't quite trust how nice she was in the beginning like oh no i feel like she was actually being genuine mm-hmm. we just maybe thought that that wasn't going to be the case with her? I didn't think so. I thought, yeah, I, I also thought she would take a hard turn and just go full evil and, you know, really mean and, and let it all out in, you know, one climactic moment and yeah. really make us feel for Lisa more so. But it kind of got flipped a little bit, and I like that. It was a nice nice change. I like Taffy's uh, friend group. They're very just, like, planted straight out of the 80s movies. Yeah, and a lot of the supporting characters were very much like that, and I can't remember what the character's name was. The friend, Doug. Doug. Uh, the kid again. This is like another, I think, another trademark of of these type of movies where it's like, oh, I'm the nerdy safe guy. Yes, I, but he's, are you really? No, I don't think you are. And then 
Yeah, the Doug character reminded me of uh, kind of the premise of the movie Promising Young Woman. Have you ever seen that? I have not seen it. It's a lot like that where you get like the who you think is going to be like the nice guy. The safe character. Is actually terrible, yes. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Lisa's got a crush on the, not the popular guy, but he sort of looks like he's the popular guy. Yeah, he's a heartthrob-looking guy, the rebel, the James yeah. Dean type of guy. Like, I'm the editor of the Lit magazine, and I love your poems, and uh-huh. I also casually do drugs because I'm a, what did he say, he's a psychonaut? or whatever. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh-huh. There's a situation at a party in the beginning, of course, there's a teen party, which you would imagine there would be, and you find out a little backstory about why Lisa and her dad don't have the original mom. And I actually thought that was a made-up story when they were telling it in the beginning. Did you get that feeling? I like couldn't, the stepsister I couldn't was tell. making it up? I couldn't tell because it never got resolved. I mean, we never found out the like, truth, but it was kind of it's a, gone either way. It's a horrible thing that, that happened that I thought the stepsister, because at the time, I thought she was you know going to be kind of the popular girl who didn't really like her stepsister, but that wasn't the case. I thought she made up the story about like the mom's death and it turns out it seems like that was actually true and that threw me off but then you never really know and i think that's kind of part of it too of like is this darker side of lisa there from the whole from the time yeah yeah, like the origin of like uh, what actually happened to her because it, it takes a very you know dark turn as the movie goes on but let's get into that so overall i was kind of mixed on it i thought that it was kind of up and down I think Zelda Williams could be a pretty good director, actually. And I was going to lean over to you in the very beginning when you first see the cemetery that uh, Cole Sprouse's character's in. And I was going to be like, I really love the look of this movie. Like, I really liked Yeah. It kind of had a Beetlejuicey vibe to it. The opening credits reminded me of, like, an indie video game, which I think I actually did say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked the look of it, and I, I kind of liked some of the performances. But others, I thought, were just so different than the rest of the movie. And it was just so kind of all over the place at times that... I'm really mixed on it, but I know you really liked it. No, I, I felt overall the movie had a very consistent tone until the last act, and it kind of took a turn that I didn't enjoy. There was a slight twist that you could see coming, and I kind of knew the way it was going to happen, mm-hmm. but I didn't like to see it happen. It was kind of a sad... I, I felt bad for Taffy. I felt bad for yeah. the stepsister, and that was... I didn't, didn't, again, didn't expect that. Uh, but, then you know, the way it ended, kind of the way I figured from the start, and I'm okay with that. It, it had a nice I did ending. too. It was a sweet ending, I thought, in a in a creepy, gruesome... In a dark comedy kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I thought was sort of fitting for what Diablo Cody usually brings, and I guess I sort of would have expected from Robin Williams' daughter, I guess. It's got that weird humor, but then could be serious at times. And I, I don't know, totally, I just felt like sometimes it just didn't mesh as well. But, okay, so now we're going to get into some spoiler stuff. So if you haven't seen the movie and you want to see it, you can stop now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I think the thing that, that kind of drove me nuts in it is, so as the movie gets going, when we first meet Cole Sprouse, he doesn't have an ear, he doesn't have a hand, and he's sort of just a zombie in the beginning. And then an issue that happens where uh, Carla Gugino is going to throw Lisa into uh, psych ward. like a psych ward. Because she's a psychiatric nurse. Yeah, and she's being very aggressive because she's like the evil stepmom, basically. And uh, Cole Sprouse's b- creature is in the closet, and he feels that uh, Lisa's being threatened, which she is. So he kills the stepmom and then proceeds to cut her ear off, which I'm like, this is gross, and I love it. Like, I like that part. And then uh, Lisa sews the ear back on him, and then using a tanning bed that Taffy had as a like that's a prize from a beauty contest, uh, which electrocuted Lisa at one point in the beginning, uh, that Just a mild makes it work. Like, it makes the ear work on him again. So every time that he needs a body part, Lisa and, and him kill someone. And that's where I really also started to get more of the Heathers vibe, too. Like, more and more as it went on. 
But like, there's times when Lisa gets really over the top with, or Catherine Newton kind of does as, I didn't really feel like she was a real character because sometimes she's really cartoony. Other times she's kind of dark and serious, and I was like, I don't know that the two are blending together all that well. I, I thought they blended well together for my taste. Really? I, I, yeah, I thought coming from her origin story of what happened to her mom, potentially. Yeah. Whether she was actually killed by a horrible axe murder, murderer who broke in the house, or and that sounds like just a fake story. Cancer. Yeah. It did, the way they shot and everything, and it was kind of funny because, yeah, they never really confirm or deny that, that that happened. So basically Lisa and her mom are hanging out the house. An axe murderer comes in, and uh, Lisa goes and hides. And then the mom gets killed. Mm-hmm. And that's what the story is. And that's what Taffy's telling her friends. Well, it's supposed to be one friend. It ends up being a whole group of them. Um, and she's like, no one's supposed to know this. <laughs> it just seemed like that wasn't going to be true. And then they don't really ever say whether or not it is. Which I'm I, glad they didn't. I, I am too. But then it, I, I realized towards the end, like, okay, so Lisa has now, whether she voluntarily or not, has killed multiple people as the movie goes on. Uh, Doug's one of them. They get his hand because he ends up being kind of rapey at the party. After she's been drugged, very attempted rapey. Yeah, yeah. and and still, I, I wonder if there's even a question of did like how much actually did happen because it's from her perspective and it's very. And she was drugged. She yeah, was on so PCP I at that may, point. it seems like that was all that happened. Like he kind of groped her and was going to do more, and then she got out of there. But um, they get his hand, gives it to Cole Sprouse, t- sews it on, and then uh, goes to the tanning bed. <laughs> As it goes on, he his complexion gets better, and eventually he looks more like he did on like a Riverdale, basically. Yeah, like a regular person. And he gets it less zombie-ish. I love the touch where they they sew the stepmom's ear on, and he still ha- she still has the pearl earring in. So mm-hmm. his ear has that pearl earring. I like there's a lot of little touches. The attention to detail in the movie was really, really well done. Yeah, the music was was great. Perfect. I actually really love the soundtrack. Like I'm probably gonna soundtrack. download that. Yeah, REO Speedwagon played a prominent role. Yeah, very sweet moment there. And 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 he can't talk. Uh, Cole Sprouse's character doesn't talk because he has no tongue. Yeah, and that was something that I was waiting for, and we never actually see him get the tongue. Uh, we see him get other every other part that he needs. Um, I don't want to give away everything, but um, the the resolution of Taffy and Lisa and her finding out what's been going on, I kind of wondered if that was going to happen mm-hmm. with the uh, the the boy that that Lisa likes. Taffy's actually had a relationship with him secretly, and. <laughs> Doesn't go well yeah. for him. Uh, and then, I don't know, like Lisa takes her out after the she catches them in bed together while the creature's outside, and then he comes in, lops the guy's penis off, and Lisa doesn't know why. And I'm like, really? Because every other time he's taking a body part, you figure it out immediately. Oh, yeah. Well, with the urgency, he came in there and the situation. That they and were he knew in. exactly I mean, where he was we going. Knew, we knew where that was yeah. going to the point. And again, that brings me to the other point of how surprised I was a little bit that it was a PG-13 movie. Yeah. It pushes what, it, for sure. They do. I mean, they didn't drop the, the one F-bomb that they usually do in these movies. They, mm-hmm. they left that part out. They traded that in for you know some blood and a lot of implied violence and a lot of yes, a lot good. of practical effects. I like a lot of slime. And there's, oh, I, there's I goo, like, yeah. I like how Sprouse has worms and caterpillars. Drop, all the time, still, even towards the end. Dropping off them all the time. It's so, that, that was so funny. And the recurring gag with the, his tears smelling terrible. Yeah, so even, even in the cry. last like scene that they're together, well, before... The very last scene. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a funny running gag. Um, felt very Tim Burton, very Johnny Depp, very Edward yes. Scissorhands in that moment where, okay, this this undead creature is crying and you feel bad for him, but it's still funny in its way. And a couple times, too, I thought, like, Catherine Newton's performance gets kind of big at times. Sometimes I thought she reminded me of, like, a Tim Burton animated cartoon at times, especially towards, towards the end where she's got, like, the bigger, more goth-looking 
like dress on and stuff like that. And the way she's like moving larger than life. Yeah. Very much so. Embracing the role and like the vamp and everyone at school loving it and like, oh, look at Lisa, what's gotten into her? Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's that famous 80s thing where the makeover happens and she emerges and is, is beautiful and, and like really striking. And, and everyone was taken aback by that. And I thought, I, I've seen her in a few other movies. I remember Ant Man and Quantumania. Oh, that's right. I forgot she was in Ant Man. Yes. Three. That's the, that's the one I remember the most. But I, I thought she was great in this role. I, I really did. She's really good in most of the things that I've seen her in. The big thing that I thought, remember I said there was like missing pieces of the movie, I felt like. So at the, like towards the end of the movie, all she wants to do is like lose her virginity, basically. And she wants to lose it to the guy. <laughs> and uh, that's when she finds out that Taffy's actually with him. And eventually she goes to, um, after she has this heart to heart with Taffy about how she's actually, she actually does love her and she is, seems like a real sister, which I think sort of, you know, and Taffy's terrified of Lisa at this point. Even though she hasn't really confessed anything, but I think she was freaked out from the fact that the guy just got murdered right next to her. But so I don't know if she knows Lisa's involvement in her mom's death because she finds that out and then all this other stuff starts to come to light and uh, she's really freaked out. But the thing that threw me off was so Lisa acts like she's going to go kill the creature after uh, he's killed the the boyfriend. And once she sees him, she just drops the axe and she like hugs him and is all lovey with him. I thought that was kind of weird because I was like, oh, she's going to try to kill him. But then immediately doesn't. So I'm like, was that just an act to get to him, do you think? I don't know. That's, again, the twist and turn I couldn't tell really yeah. what, what the intention was because I, it felt like a love story. It felt like they were going to get to, they were going to get together mm. and then it seemed like he kind of overstepped and then when I... Because you realized like the monster that he was. Like that's what yeah. I thought it kind of well, was. Well, this is the part I didn't understand. I mean, that I didn't make sense to me is she didn't understand why he was attacking the boyfriend like, yeah she thought he was attacking to like defend her honor he just wanted the d- yeah same way but in a different way that she did she finds like she's like oh you love me like i love you out of nowhere because she's kind of just he's just sort of the weird friend to her kind of yeah they took that leap that trope from the 80s yeah the, the nerdy friend next to you is and he couldn't sweet. he literally couldn't say anything to her mm-hmm. the whole time so I'm waiting for him to like get a tongue, and that doesn't really ever happen uh, that we see. But then they have sex, and it goes into this animated thing, so we don't see anything. But then when it comes back, they're in like the shed that's got the tanning bed where they keep regenerating him. She's going to basically kill herself because everything's going to happen. Like they're she's going to get cops busted. Are closing in. Yeah, so she's like turn it all the way up. But the thing is, is I don't I don't get where that came from. They don't really. I never felt like they really hinted at that. Like, I felt like from the moment that they were going to have sex to then they closed it and then it went to, okay, now I'm going to die. I'm ready to die. I felt like that was a, there was a conversation that we didn't hear or there was, I didn't feel like there was a setup for that. I, and I think that was intentional because I think that was part of like, they had their perfect moment and she mentioned, you know, she wanted to do that before she, lose her Virginia before she died. Yeah. And there was no way out after that. And she also knew that there was a potential he could bring her back. Mm. I, I guess yeah, I they guess. could find a different tanning bed. But again, that's the big leap. Well, they like, didn't explain either how he, <laughs> why he came back, other than there's a big green. I love that green lightning, lightning storm. I love, I love the green lightning. One of my favorite special effects in movies is when they do thunderstorms in unusual colors. I remember seeing it vividly in Batman Forever, or Bat, no, Batman and Robin, maybe both of them. And it's always kind of stuck in my head when I was a kid that I like the anytime, colored storms. I like thunderstorms, anyways. And yeah, if you color them, colorize them. <laughs> I'm totally hooked. So his his like grave got struck by lightning, and that's how he comes back. And it's funny because that idea of them like not explaining really anything in the movie is sort of a trope of those movies. And I literally said this last night. Shauna and I were watching Mannequin, and I'm like, why? <laughs> oh, thank you. Why does she do this? Like, why? 
how, why is she coming back? I don't, they don't explain it. I'm like, oh no, it's the magic necklace. I'm like, no, that's the second movie. Why is she doing this? We didn't even finish the movie. We got halfway through it. But I'm like, oh yeah, this is such an 80s thing. We're like, it's like, fuck you. Well, that's just going to happen. Like, you don't have to know the reason. And that's kind of the way this movie was. Like, they didn't explain why he was able to do it. It's not like she wanted it to happen. Like, she wished it, but she was drugged and she didn't, like, mean it. Well, that's why I thought, like, the Frankenstein thing, like, oh, she was going to go find her perfect boyfriend or something. And that's not the way the movie is, which is fine. Uh, but then, I don't know, at the end when they do the sex thing and then it's the jump to she's going to be fried in the tanning bed, which I thought it was kind of a funny 80s joke in itself. But it reminded me of Grindhouse when there's about to be the sex scene in Planet Terror and you come back and, like, the house is on fire. Oh, because it, like, lose the reel or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of what I felt like happened. Like, we sort of maybe of missed something. But, I mean... I do remember the conversation they had with in the bed before when they're using the vibrator, which was such a weird. Hatachi does make multiple appearances in this movie. It does, yeah. It's Again, a joke interesting for going. a PG thirteen movie. Different times. I'm old. I'm not used to these kinds of things now. Yeah, you go to kids' movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like this again, the PG-13 movie. Like this would be like a one-off joke where they was would have Wonka it, the last one we saw. It was, and I can't tell you how much more I enjoyed this compared to Wonka. <laughs> oh man, this is like five stars to Wonka's <laughs> one star when I compare them. Well, I, yeah, and different I, movies. But. I wonder if watching it again, I would like it more. I felt like it was one of those movies that that could happen. Oh, this has a high rewatchability. Like I, yeah, this is a movie. Like I usually my criteria of a movie if it's good to me if I will rewatch it and mm-hmm. this one I would definitely I will rewatch and there's tons of movies that I don't really like all that much that I rewatch them because of, there's just something about them I think the look of this movie like before I really knew what year it was in my head I kept thinking this is still like 1989 like it just feels like a movie in 1989 uh, like Terror Vision I think it kind of reminded me of that house mm-hmm. at times because it's just very like the stereotypical <clears throat> 80s house with the, with yeah. the sconces and, and the, all the, the only time I thought it felt forced was there's a scene where Carla Gugino's in, like, a fitness outfit the whole time. And that was the only time I'm like, I don't feel like that was as realistic. I th- feel like that's a trope of, like, oh, we got to show that it's the 80s. Well, that, yeah, she's walking around in that along with a Walkman. Yes. Like, and not just a regular Walkman, like a giant red. I think it was, like, shaped like a, mm-hmm. a triangle or something. Like, it was... It was crazy. It was a little heavy-handed there, and the door yeah. salesman came at that exact moment. That was the only time that I yeah, felt... It's a little heavy-handed, but then I like the, the touch that she was eating, like, cottage cheese with peaches, which... Uh-huh. Would be a very 80s health dish. Like everything with cottage cheese together uh, reminds me of that. I'm, And overall, this movie, like a part of me is scared that this is going to be my favorite movie of 2024 already. Because <laughs> I, I don't know how good the slate is looking. That's funny. Because 2023, I felt like was a really weak year for movies, sadly. Uh, new movies. Yeah, and I, and I liked a lot of them, but it took like towards the end of the year before I did. I don't dislike the movie, but I didn't love it either. But I, that's kind of where I thought it was going to land in a weird way. You snapped me the other day. You were watching... Uh, my stepmom's an alien. Yeah, my stepmother's an alien. Mm-hmm. So I thought this movie felt like it was in that realm of movies mm-hmm. where it's like almost a, a rental kind of a movie. Yeah. Like it felt like the, an 80s kind of my mom and dad saved the world slash my stepmother's an alien, those type of it felt like one of those. Yeah, I agree that you would pick up and you wouldn't have seen it in theaters, but you would yeah. see it and become a cult classic on Or watch on it on VHS. TV a lot, yeah. Yeah, that you and your siblings would be like, oh man, we watched that movie a hundred times when we were kids. I feel like that could be one. this could be one of those movies of kids still. I definitely think it falls in the, like, like almost sort of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, My Boyfriend's Back, My Best Friend's a Vampire, those kind of yeah, the macabre, like teen the movies. Yeah, the macabre teen comedy yeah. horrors. That's just, you know, just friendly enough to get under that R rating and just mm-hmm. clever enough to be PG-13. And I think and it gets not... darker than those movies do, certainly. But, it, yeah, it was just so, sometimes I just felt like some people felt like they were in a cartoon and others 
seemed like a parody, and then others. You're like, saying it we... wasn't cohesive for you. There it were parts wasn't. that took you a little bit out of the movie. Yeah, because sometimes it just got a little too broad, I guess, and, and big. But I mean, the movie's silly to begin with, and then I remember, it's very silly. but it's from it's like takes place in an era where we had movies like that all the time that yeah. were just like. This is my sweet spot here. You're not going to get a lot of explanation. You're just, it's just, it is what it is. Just roll with it. Deal with it. Yeah. You mentioned my stepmother is an alien. So many leaps of logic in that movie. You just have to forget the plot and just enjoy it and roll with it. And that's kind of what I try to do with this one, even though there was like, again, it was pretty obvious at times what was going to happen and and things like that. I was like, suspend all disbelief and let's go. And and... I, I definitely think it does have a rewatchability quality to it for sure. Yeah. Definitely. And it felt like it was from then, so I, I like that. But I hope it does okay. I hope it like I feel like I want it to do well for, like, Zelda Williams for some reason. I, like, I want her to do well. You're rooting for her. Yeah, I am, yeah. Your father was a, was a legend, and it was a sad, tragic end for him. And it's good to see her out there and making a name for herself with this movie. This was a really good first movie, I thought, for her. Yeah, I did, too. I Because I, I really liked the way it looked a lot, and I liked choices that she made and how sometimes it was – it's very bright and colorful at times, then – dark and gothic a lot of the other times and yeah I, I i think she could be a really good director so i'm looking forward to seeing what she does next definitely yeah i hope that i hope this movie gets enough attention that it deserves if not it's just going to be destined to be a cult classic which like jennifer's body the rise again we keep repeating this i know diablo cody jennifer's body yep. but it has a similar kind of path it feels like it's going to yeah. get a lot of critical buzz probably not going to make a lot of money but then people are going to discover it and rediscover it and you know five hopefully sooner than 10 years for Jennifer's body it'll it'll be really popular and everyone will be talking about it again and maybe we'll get a nice fancy physical release and I can add it to the collection <laughs> I knew that I knew that's what you were thinking that's what I need, right I, need a, I need a slip cover I need neon accents and I need someone like vinegar syndrome to put it out possibly I'll just float it out there and, you know. well I will say it was one of my favorite Valentine's dates amen brother very romantic. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.